Don't touch that dial. You are now tuned in to Pruner TV, brought to you by Adobe Radio in partnership with Nice Guy Digital. Without further ado, here's the guy who played a nerd on TV way too much in the 90s. Your host, Aaron Pruner. Happy National Joe Day. It's Tuesday, March 27th, and I want to welcome you all to Pruner TV. I'm Aaron Pruner. This is episode number six. Um, how do we feel about 7-Eleven coffee? I feel like I've asked that question before. <laughs> uh, I ask because I'm a big fan of coffee, and I'm even e- I'm an even bigger fan of not spending a lot of money for it. And, I, I you know, this show's not, not endorsed or sponsored by 7-Eleven, but I'm quite enjoying this uh, cup in front of me. How do you all feel about 7-Eleven coffee? Is, you know, I've had this conversation before with coffee friends, coffee fanatic friends of mine. They're like, no, I will only do Starbucks. I only do the coffee bean. And I'm like, well, save a couple bucks. You know, it's freshly brewed. I'm not going to talk about coffee for the entire episode. As I said, this is episode number six of Pruner TV. I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in here at Adobe Radio. If you enjoy what you hear. Please follow us at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I say us. It's basically me at Pruner TV. There's a few people that help out. Follow us over on those places. And I'm Aaron Flux on all the social channels. And uh, today's going to be a cool day. I'm going to be joined by my former Zap to it colleague and uh, TV journalist friend, Chris Hayner. We're going to talk about the business, how he got into it, how I got into it, the trials and tribulations of being a journalist in uh, 2018, the ever-changing landscape of online editorial and and short-form video content should be cool. Also, WonderCon was this past weekend, and for those of you who don't know, WonderCon is like Comic-Con light. It's like San Diego Comic-Con without the, the, the anxiety and stress. Um, I was there on Saturday, and I ran into Chris, and... It's uh it's 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 a cool it's a cool convention for those of you who uh want to get your feet wet and it's also a nice uh it's a nice little prep weekend for uh for San Diego Comic-Con. It's like it, it gets you back into it. But the big difference between the conventions for me um there's a lot of anime fans and a lot of uh cosplay fans at WonderCon and I'm neither into cosplay or anime. So I I was a little bit fish out of water, but uh it was still a cool experience. And um, Chris is also a big comic book fan, so we're probably going to talk about uh, some of the DC shows that I am not watching, and maybe he'll try to convince me on what to watch. I do watch a lot of stuff, but I'm not really into comic book entertainment uh, on television as much. I mean, the Marvel shows. Maybe it's just DC I don't like. I'm really into Marvel. By the way, good morning, Maddie. Good morning, Aaron. Hi. Um have you ever, has anyone ever, hey, hey, has anyone ever sang supercalifragilisticexpibadidocious? Actually, yeah. Oh, God yeah. damn it. I'm there not was original. one other person, oh. and I'm really impressed that there's now two people that have thought of that. Well. I'm impressed by it. I, I am old. <laughs> Let's get into some topics before Chris gets here. Um, Sunday is a big night for television, and CBS, of all people, not AMC, not HBO, CBS won the TV battle, so to speak, uh, this past Sunday with uh, one of their highest-rated episodes of 60 Minutes of all shows. Anderson Cooper interviewed Stormy Daniels on Sunday night about her alleged interlude with Donald Trump and the fiasco that has followed. It brought in 22 million viewers, which is huge, especially when you consider now, like, like, the Walking Dead has recently been bringing only like eight million. I say only eight million, but at one point in time, The Walking Dead was bringing in like numbers, crazy numbers, like seventeen million. So uh, good for CBS, the Old People Network, which is funny to me. And I'm not really trying to be political or anything, but um, they're Trump's biggest demographic, and they had to tune in, sit through Stormy Daniels talking about spanking him with a magazine. I don't know if you saw it. She spanked him with a magazine. Um, now, this brought in 22 million viewers, as I said. Ten years ago, Barack Obama was on 
60 Minutes, and his interview brought in $24.5 million. So, Stormy Daniels almost hit the benchmark, but not quite. But who knows what will happen? I don't know what will happen. But it doesn't look good for, for the president. It really was a, a, a interesting interview. That's all I'm going to say about that. Moving on to The Walking Dead. I mentioned The Walking Dead a minute ago, and it's worth noting that, um, you know, the, the show's about to end its eighth season, which is a pretty big deal. And working over at uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I've been I've been covering The Walking Dead for the past couple of weeks, which means I've been watching The Walking Dead again, which is a show that I stopped watching a while ago. It's gotten entertaining again. So I got to give them props for that. They've uh, especially this past Sunday's episode got very zombie heavy. And for a zombie show, one of the biggest complaints by fans was that there weren't enough zombies. Where after a while, though, it's like, you know, I understand why they're focusing on the, the character story, the human drama with the walking dead in the background eating things that you shouldn't eat and murdering things that you shouldn't murder. I'm saying things, but it's people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's there's multiple storylines that have been explored over the past few episodes that I found really compelling. And the biggest one is Lenny James's character, Morgan, is going to be moving from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead. In just a few weeks, there's this big crossover happening on Sunday, April 15th. The Walking Dead is ending its season eight. Uh, ending season eight on the 15th and then season four of Fear the Walking Dead will begin. And after Sunday's episode, AMC aired this big promo introducing Morgan into the world of Fear the Walking Dead, which is, you know, what, like a couple of years ago, I think Scott Gimple went on the record saying there would never be a crossover. Maybe the reason why they're doing this now is because now there's only 8 million people tuning into the Walking Dead and not 17 million. Regardless, Morgan, Lenny James's character, is losing his goddamn mind on the show. Like he's having hallucinations and he's dealing with a lot of problems. So it's going to be interesting seeing him go from the the big fight at the hilltop against the Saviors and Negan to to a totally different environment and these different characters on Fear the Walking Dead. And it's looking to me like Fear the Walking Dead is doing a time jump to catch up to the timeline of the Walking Dead, which is probably the smartest move the show can make. So I'm really I'm I've never actually ever been interested in watching The Walking Dead. The few episodes that I watched a couple of years ago did not entertain me at all. They did not grab me at all. Um, and, uh, you know, big props to them for the strategy of, of connecting the shows and making things entertaining again. Um, I'm about to, to to nerd out a little bit, go a little bit geeky um, on the movie front, but this is related to television. But this news had me kind of geeking out at home and I was writing up this story, so just bear with me here. Amazon has just teamed up with Steven Spielberg and Amblin Entertainment to uh, bring a four-part series called Cortez to the channel. And that, well, I guess streaming service, whatever. That's a big deal, especially when you consider that this show about legendary conquistador Hernan Cortez is based on the script written by Dalton Trumbo, who passed away in 1976. Dalton Trumbo was played by Brian Cranston, who was nominated for an Oscar a couple years back in the movie Trumbo. And Trumbo was a real guy during the McCarthy era. He was a a really well-known screenwriter, but he was blacklisted from from Hollywood because he wouldn't uh, follow certain – I don't want to say rules or laws, but he wouldn't go with the flow of – calling out certain people for being communist or whatever. And in turn, he was labeled one and he ended up being black blacklisted in Hollywood and continued to write scripts under two different pseudonyms and ended up winning two Academy Awards as this different person and could not go to the Academy Awards to pick up the Oscars. He won a Writing Academy Award for 1954's Roman Holiday and 1957's The Brave One. And the reason I mentioned all of that is because the script for Cortez has been long gestating. It's been forever, like, floating around in Hollywood to be made. And now Amazon stepping in and being like, screw this, we're going to make this into a TV show. Uh, I mean, good good for them. <laughs> I got one last uh, topic here, and then we're going to take a break. And uh, my buddy Chris is going to come in. Last week, 
in Hollywood, a thing called Paley Fest is happening. I used to cover Paley Fest when I was at Zap to it and Screener. And it's a week-long event where different uh, TV talent come and uh, fans show up for panels and screenings of, like, everything from American Horror Story to Scandal to whatever. And this past week, Stranger Things was there, and they they dropped a few bombshells about season three. Looks like it's going to take place in 1985, one year later, which means there's going to be Back to the Future references, which, good. I mean, duh. Uh, Sean Levy, the executive producer, also mentioned that Eleven and Mike and Lucas and Max will be couples when the season starts, which is interesting. They, they, I have this in quotes. It says, Mike and Eleven are going strong, so that's a relationship that continues. And same with Mad Max and Lucas. But again, they're like 13 or 14-year-old kids. So what does romance mean at that stage of life? It can never be simple and stable relationships, and there's fun to that instability. That's what uh, Sean Levy said to The Hollywood Reporter. He also said that Steve Harrington, played by Joe Keery, is going to be returning and here's a quote that I think is interesting. He said, we'll definitely get to see more of Steve Harrington in season three. And I'll just say we won't be abandoning the dad Steve magic. <laughs> I, I, Maddie, yes. That's my favorite part of Stranger Things. I have a Steve shirt. So that's music to my ears. So, yeah, I guess uh, we're going to get more of that. And it looks like David Harbour is going to be ditching the Hellboy muscle to bring the Sheriff Hopper dad bod back. So that's all exciting and, and cool. Um, they are going into production next month, which I don't know how long it's going to take, but it seems to me that the show's not going to be returning until – I mean it can't come in October of 2018. It's probably going to be October of 2019, I would, I would assume, Hall- Halloween uh, season. You know, yeah. That would be ideal for this show. Watching this show around the Halloween time was like the best thing for me. And I fall in love with Stranger Things. I have friends who don't love it as much. They're they're genre purists, but it brings me back. And I believe Maddie agrees with me. 100%. 100%. We're going to take a quick break here, and my buddy Chris Hainer is going to be joining me uh, to talk about all sorts of interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. Stick with me. We are getting closer to the dark one returning. I'm, I'm going to say that every time I hear that sound effect. It's uh, never, never, well, like Maddie's jingling keys. I'm like a cat. If you do this, I will get distracted. Uh, hopefully Chris didn't bring a laser pointer. Speaking of... I am joined by uh, my former co-worker, TV journalist friend, all-around great guy, Chris Hainer. Thanks for stepping into the booth with me. Ah, oh, not a problem, sir. How are you? I'm tired, but I have coffee. Yeah, same. Let's move that mic closer to you so I can hear you. Um, I just saw you a couple days ago at WonderCon. How'd it go for you? Uh, it was busy. It was a lot busy- busier than I was expecting it to be, but good. A lot busier than last year? Uh, yeah, I feel like because we were working at the same place last year, I feel like we didn't really cover much. Yeah, let's let's backtrack for a second here for those uh, tuning in. Chris and I used to work at a a place called Zap to It, which rebranded to a place called Screener. Yes. Uh, in its final seven months of existence, and um, the first time I ever met Chris was on a on a bus that turned into a boat oh at Comic Con. We were hanging out with the cast of History's Vikings and drinking beer on a bus that turned into a boat, and then we floated around a lake for like 30 minutes as like Ragnar Lothbrok was just wandering, Travis Fimmel was wandering around joining people for photo ops. Yeah, and it was a lot of like the cast and the press getting drinking a little too much beer. It was in weird. The middle of the harbor. <laughs> it was, it's surreal. Like it's times like that where I feel like this this work that we do mm-hmm. pays off. Um, so before we even st- talk about WonderCon, actually, I want to talk to you about how you got into this. Cause you originally told me that you started off in radio. Oh uh, yeah. Right? I, I went to co- Well, I went to college for, as an art student. And then the head of the art department was like, maybe you should try something else. Because oh no. You, I don't draw or paint. I just wanted to like design websites. <laughs> and that... I thought, and like, I didn't have a high school counselor who was like, well then you should do this. I just thought, oh, graphic design, that sounds right. 
And they're like, well, you have to paint. <laughs> so you went from there to radio? Yeah, I went from there. I got really into the college radio station freshman year. So this environment is is familiar to you, this, oh, this sitting yeah. in the booth with the mic this, in front This of you. is a lot like our the radio station that we – because, like, my school didn't invest in anything except for the radio station, and nobody except me and, like, eight other people cared. Well, what did you do there? Did you – were you just, like, spinning music or was uh, it the... – Yeah. Uh, I, had a, I had a super cool Friday night radio show. Uh, freshman year, and then hold on. S- what what makes it super cool? Like, what oh, did you because do? as all the cool kids do on their Friday nights, I was in the radio station because we did not pre-tape anything. It was all live. Oh, great! Yeah, it was <laughs> wildly cool. I mean, that sound. You know, you see, I, I know you're being sarcastic, but that sounds pretty awesome to me. Like you're living the pirate radio dream. Like pump up the volume. Chris Hainer style. It really was. And it was, I got to pick all my own music, which I don't think you get to do anywhere in radio, especially now. Wow. Okay. So I was like, what do I feel like listening to tonight? Sure. I'm just going to play a Radiohead record and talk in between all the songs. That doesn't sound bad. No. I'm, I'm assuming you had people listening. I would have I listened mean, to that. The people on my floor who happened yeah. to be there at the time. That's fair enough. So how did you go from that to, to doing what? you and i both do now oh it's 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 very bizarre i worked after college i worked in radio for a while and then i switched over to working tv i worked for fox affiliates in uh good old wisconsin doing what uh i worked in the office i helped them pro i i worked with sales and programming to structure commercial breaks and (laughs) i never knew that like and help out with production anything they needed i i was like yeah i'll help sure and then as I was doing that, I was also doing my own writing on the side and publishing it online. And then uh, uh, a girl named Molly, who was at the time one of the head editors at Zap to it, she was gone way before you got there. I knew her from college. She was like, "Hey, you seem to like writing. Did you ever want to come back to LA? Because if so, I can probably get you freelance work." Had and, you ever been to LA before? Yeah, yeah. I went to I went to school down here. Oh, okay. So like, I I moved from Northern California to here, and then I was like, whatever, Wisconsin. And I'm, <laughs> And then it took about four years of, like, blizzards. And I was like, all right, Los Angeles it is. Let's go back. And and so then Zap to it was the first thing. Zap to it was the first, I guess, yeah, the first thing outside of my personal stuff. It's crazy, right? Like, yeah. that was my first big thing. I, before Zap to it, I was freelancing at places like Fearnet and, and Uproxx, but it wasn't stable and it wasn't something where I suddenly had medical insurance. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when I came on Zap to it, it was like a big deal. And at the same time, it was such a soul sucking experience for the longest time. We were in this back asbestos filled hallway in a building that should have been condemned that had no air conditioning that they would pack in like eight people into a a spot. Like when the Academy Awards would happen, we would bring the whole staff in to cover in a spot that should only comfortably fit like three people at most and it you know when it ended up happening that soon as i guess we i can't even talk we rebranded to screener about i believe it was a couple months was it a couple no we rebranded there were talks of rebranding and then we moved because yes. we ended up moving out of that building into the ktla newsroom and then the building got like just just which was its own torn down horrible experience yeah of being in a like a we're covering TV. Like what happened on Arrow last night? And people were like, no, the election's going on. We have to cover this. The day after the election, I came into work and Donald Trump was on all televisions. And to to kind of paint a picture for you, we were in this brand new remodeled uh, newsroom, and the walls were surrounded like there were. Giant 50-inch plasma screen TVs that were lining all of the walls, kind of like its own wallpaper. And Donald Trump was on every TV, including our personal televisions that were on our desks. And we were sitting near where they had a news desk where they would do, um, like, updates and breaking news. It was the worst place if you suffer from anxiety, which I do. (laughs) And uh, also ADHD in the sense that I can't focus on one thing if there's just too much going on everywhere which explains why i kind of freaked out when maddie started jingling her keys um but but yeah so my question to you from that then chris because i've been kind of toiling with this myself when zap to it slash screener god it's almost been a Tribune year media it's, it's almost it's, been a year we're two weeks out from a year 
Oh, my God. It's almost been a year since we were told we have 48 hours to get out of the building. I was in Poland. He was? Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got so- a call on my first legit vacation in like three years. And they're like, oh, there's not going to be work when you come back. <laughs> I forgot about you being in Poland. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I remember being completely overworked and complaining about my job, which was basically watching television all the time and writing about it that I got so burnt out that when we got laid off, I was like, do, do I still want to do this? And you and I had conversations about getting into freelance. Now that we're a year into it, how do you feel about working freelance? I'm, I'm so much more tired than I ever was. working. Seriously? Oh God. I don't take days off. I work crazy hours because Hey, money's money. It, I'll where, take it. Where are you? Where, where are you working? Like uh, who are you freelancing for? Uh, CBS Interactive, GameSpot, IGN, Hollywood Reporter here and there. I did some stuff for Mashable, some Nerdist. God damn. Literally anything I can throw like a Word document at. I'm like, just give me money for it. Yeah. You yeah. were already overworked at Zap2 at that. Yeah. I don't want you dying, Chris. That's fine. We okay. all got to go someday. So then um, what are you covering now? What are the shows that you're watching now? Because back when Ooh. I worked with you – you were the wrestling guy. You were the DC shows guy. You were really into – I got to hand it to you. You were really into Gotham. I tuned into Gotham recently. Not a bad show. I've been telling people this for so long. The best thing about Gotham is they're like, you know what we don't need? Comic book canon. Get it out. Yeah. And they're just making up their own road. It's as so on. silly that it works. Yeah. So what are you, what are you watching right uh, now? Gotham. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the same stuff I was watching. Then, I still, I still think Vikings is the best show on television. Well, it is. It is better what, than Game of what Thrones. What Game of Thrones is to everybody else, Vikings is to me because it's like it's like that, but without like dragons and nonsense. And based on real stuff. Yeah. Um, I still look at that Bloodwing episode as being way more visceral and violent ooh. than anything Game of Thrones has done, and it's not. But the way they shot it without really showing you it everything. Hurts. It's like the scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre where the girl is put on the hook and you swear you see the hook go into the body, but you don't. And it's just that whole your brain filling in the blanks sort of thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, I'm currently uh, working my way. I'm actually working my way through Game of Thrones because I never got around to watching it in the first. Yeah, place. I remember you saying. And you then someone gave it. me Blu-rays. They're like, just do it already. Like, how, it, how is that going? Up. It's not bad. It's better than I thought it was going to be. What season are we on? Two. Oh. But like, I've seen a like a weird handful of like you know our friend Terry Schwartz yeah. at IGN. She would sit me down now and then and be like, I know you've not seen this show before, but he, there's this episode called The Red Wedding that I think you'll like. She just so she out just of con- threw you into out, that? <laughs> yeah, out of context, I'm like, why'd they kill the girl that looks like Jennifer Love Hewitt? And that's all that meant anything to me in that entire episode. Um, that's, that's that's pretty great. So, yeah, I'm working my way through that. I just started getting back into Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, that, season two is so good. There is – everybody hates The Walking Dead, rightly, because it sucks now. But there is good zombie TV out there. And Santa Clarita Diet and, weirdly enough, Fear the Walking Dead – are two really what solid zombies. What I say? I said in the intro that Chris was probably going to talk about Fear of the Walking it's Dead. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I finished I finished Santa Clarita Diet season two. Oh, two you did? Days, I don't even know how I watched it all. I watched it all. I remember last year I wrote something at uh, Screener about how Santa Clarita Diet was, was rewriting the zombie canon in the way people become zombies. And its mythology is... So interesting mm-hmm. and silly, but but weird enough that it works, and I, everyone is like sold on this world. I love all of the characters. Uh, on that note, I would say you should give iZombie a shot. That's a show that gets better with every season, and it completely does its own version of zombie. I've tried. I've tried. Is that something you have to watch from um, season one? You have to I, watch it in order? No, I think you can start from, like, season two, but, like, now they're to the point where it's, like, zombies have taken control of Seattle and started their own nation. Oh. It's bananas. What? Yeah. Isn't there a show called Z Nation where... Z Nation is something entirely different. Z Nation is, like, what The Walking Dead could Should be, be. <laughs> if it if it just accepted how silly it is. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had that conversation before, not even with you. And I think um, it, I, I don't even know if it's coming back. It might be canceled. Z Nation. I because be they surprised. got they went so far as like now we have like nuclear zombies. Sure you do. Yeah. But I mean, don't they also have 
something similar to that in The Walking Dead. Oh, you haven't been watching. I'm ca- I I am caught up. I got caught up. Uh, so you like saw the Toxic Avenger zombies that were yeah. like. <laughs> I I mean I'm Good covering show. the show now for Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and I have a better I'm sorry respect for it. I've been enjoying it respect. recently. Respect. I hated The Walking Dead forever, but I'm I've been enjoying it. We you know I tweeted about this yesterday and you commented on my tweet about Fear of the Walking Dead being a better show. How do you feel about Morgan jumping uh, ship? I think he will be a much better fit on Fear because like whereas The Walking Dead. At this point, it's a. It's still so tied to comic book canon, even though they killed Carl, which is ridiculous. Uh, Fear is sort of it's carving its own path entirely, and it's much more character based than The Walking. Well, Dead. it has to carve its own path, doesn't it? Yeah, there is nothing to base it on, so they're they're sort of making up their plan as they go along. Yeah, and there's so much more character work going into that show because it's not about like, well. Everyone has to band together to fight Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and then Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan is going to choose scenery for forty-five. That's minutes. gotten a little tiring. Yeah. That you know, yeah, right. And that's what makes um, you know, I do- I dropped out of Fear of the Walking Dead a while ago, but it makes it uh, feel desirable again to me to tune in. Yeah. That promo that they aired with Morgan in it, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah I'm watching that. <laughs> um, Chris, yo. Last year when we did WonderCon mm-hmm. together. It was crazy busy for me. And you're saying this past WonderCon was even busier for you? The only memories I have of WonderCon last year are getting, like, rum wasted at Trader Sam's. That's the only memory? You and I stayed at a shitty hotel down the street, and we covered Riverdale together. Oh, yeah, and I smoked weed in the hotel. I didn't know that. That's about it. (laughs) Like, Uh, I I don't remember anything that happened at WonderCon Wow, really? I I mean, that's camera guy. But honestly, I feel that's kind of the case for every con. Once it's yeah. once you're past it, I just block it out entirely. That's oh good... no, I bought a lot of cool art last year. I spent way too much for someone who is about to lose his job in a few weeks. Uh, I bought oh, way too much know. art last we year. We had no idea. No. We didn't know. Um, so we only have like a few minutes left of this segment, yeah. and I want to talk to you about a podcast project you have been talking about forever. Mm-hmm. Are you doing the Dawson's Creek project I, uh, I, pod, I, podcast? Yes, it is Dawson's Week. Dawson's Week. That's right. Uh, I've recorded two episodes. I want to get the first season banked before I put anything out there because I don't know if I'm going to be able to. So you're revisiting the entire first season? Yes. And... The pilot is rough. I never watched an episode. Episode two, also very rough. Like they're good, but there's 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 parts of it where I'm like, I understand why this appealed to me as a teenage boy. Like it's just, it's two hot teenage girls <laughs> talking to each other about their bodies. And I'm like. I understand why, like, at 17, I was like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping it, like, picks up from there. Sure. Uh, but we'll see. It's, uh, it's, a good, it's a good show. The problem is that theme song isn't anywhere. It's all some weird, the, different the, theme song. The, no, Paul, yeah, not there. They, they couldn't get the rights, I guess, so it's the international theme song. What? Which is just some woman trying to sound kind of like the Cranberries. Huh. But not really nailing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Krypton. Yes. Should I give it another shot? I. You I, all attacked me yes. last week um, on Twitter for hating it. I think it's really good. I think it's doing, it's not, it's doing it differently than Gotham, but it's another show where it's like we don't have to abide by the Superman canon, and for me that's exciting because so that's Superman what they're doing. Is boring. Yeah, that's what threw me off. Was it felt like they were going their own way. Little things like everyone on Krypton being British was really distracting to me. But, I mean, that's how it was in the – like, that's, you know – Marlon Brando was not British in the Superman movie. Yeah, but it's Brando. You just kind of – he does his own thing no matter what. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it a – They sound classier. I'll give it another shot. Sci-Fi sent me, like, comic books and – Yeah, I got that too. I'm excited to crack it open. Um, Finally, Chris. Yeah. You're going to be coming in next week to give us a bigger tease about what you're looking forward to in WrestleMania. Oh, man, there's been big, huge doings the last week. The, the Hulk Hogan thing? Or... No, the, the Daniel Bryan thing. Oh, that's right. Cleared to wrestle after have, being forced to retire two years ago. So, Daniel Bryan, you think they're going to be leading up to a Daniel Bryan-Miz confrontation? Uh, not at Mania, but eventually. What's uh, the big thing that you're looking forward to? Uh, whatever they're going to have Bryan do, because Shane McMahon... Son of Vince was originally supposed to be at Mania, uh, involved with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but WWE announced yesterday that he had to have emergency or he's having to have 
emergency hernia surgery. What? And he has an infection from diverticulitis. Oh. So they haven't said for sure yet, but he is definitely that's not going not to be there. pretty. And they can plug Brian in there. Oh, that's crazy. And Brian and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have a very long history uh, in the independent wrestling before WWE together. I love that I'm following who you're talking about. Yeah, when, when we used to work together, I used to I used to watch over Chris's shoulder when he would watch Monday Night Raw because my desk was behind his, and I would just watch with my headphones on. I wouldn't hear any sound, and that sort of got me back into the world because I I grew up on WWF. Yes, you know, um, me Ultimate too. Warrior, Macho Man, got Jimmy high, Superfly, Snuka. I got a high five for Macho Man. You right got a once. you got a Ric Flair oh, shirt on a Ric Flair Wu Tang shirt on. I got to meet Ric Flair, which was cool. Uh, did an interview with him like TCA over the summer. I remember that. Yeah, that that was, was a good one. That was that was a that was one of those experiences where I was like, ah, little like ten year old me is just like high fiving me for the thirty for thirty, right? Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. It was depressing it's... as fuck. But but so well done. Yeah, very yeah. much so. They should do more wrestling. Who do you think should be the next wrestler on thirty for thirty? I don't know about thirty for thirty, but they are doing uh, HBO's doing has an Andre the Giant doc. Oh yeah, I saw next that week. I didn't see the doc. Week. I saw the trailer. Yeah, and and that is supposed to be fantastic. They talked to everyone, including the aforementioned Hulk Hogan. That's crazy. Who, who is now possibly making a comeback? I hope not. Again, uh, Chris, I want to thank you for joining me. You're definitely coming back. Awesome. Next week, because I want to know everything there is to know about WrestleMania, and I mean NXT as well. And uh, Ring of Honor is where it's going to be at that weekend. The the Japan stuff. Wow. Um, tell people where they can find you if if you want people to find you. I'm not talking about the Flash people who got pissed at you for, for <laughs> the already, Iris stuff. They already found me. Okay. Uh, 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 on Twitter, I'm at Chris Hayner. C H R I S H A Y N E R. That's on Instagram too. But the Instagram you want to follow. The Instagram <laughs> everybody needs to I'm follow. I'm so happy you're bringing is this up. at Waterworld Photos. It is just pictures of the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios Hollywood. It is, it's like my Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Yeah, you just go to Universal and go to that, <laughs> go to that ride and take pictures. I legit, it's it's not a ride. First of all, well, show stunt whatever. Show. And I haven't I haven't been in. A couple of months. I need to go back and snap a bunch of photos. <laughs> they, they have to eventually be closing that down. No, it's the highest like rated. It's the highest rated attraction in the park, at like above Harry Potter. What? Oh. And the highest rated theme park show like on the planet. I don't like, know if that's a hundred percent true, but I'll take your word for they it. They just opened another one in Singapore. Oh. Which doesn't know what Waterworld <laughs> is, so like it's very bizarre. Well, on that note. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining me. I'm looking forward to talking to you more next week. Absolutely. We will be right back. Welcome back. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that was a very, very short reference to Welcome Back, Cotter, a sitcom from the 70s starring John Travolta. Thank you for humoring me with that. Um, and also, thanks for, for listening to that uh, kind of rambling conversation I had with my former coworker, Chris Hayner. He will be joining us next week to give us a complete lowdown on uh, what he's looking forward to in this year's WrestleMania. It's coming up. We're less than two weeks away. And somehow I'm excited about wrestling again. And I know it's completely choreographed and set up story-wise and stuff, and I don't care. When I was a kid, I cared. When I found out, when I was, when I was, I think I was 11 years old, and I was watching um, just WWF, I think on Saturday or Sunday, with some friends, and they showed a slow motion replay. I think it was Macho Man jumping off the top rope on someone else, and they showed him land on the guy, and he didn't even touch him, and they showed it in slow motion. And my hopes and dreams were murdered. In that moment, I was so upset to learn that wrestling was fake. But that being said, it's still, you know, the ongoing battles of good versus evil. And um, when the storytelling is done right, it can be very compelling. I watched uh, Royal Rumble. And seeing Asuka win and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, two Japanese wrestlers, go into WrestleMania 
that's a big deal. Although I don't at all care about Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's coming back. She's joining WWE. I've, I know someone who has worked with her, and I've heard nothing but horrible things. But I don't know the person. I can't place judgment. I was just I wasn't that excited to see her donning the Rowdy Roddy Piper moniker and shirt. But we'll see. I don't want to place judgment until we see the premiere of, of what she does. Anyways, we'll talk more about that next week. Last week, I had some friends in, Jeff, uh, Jeff Miller and Jason Kessler from Trip Tasters on the Cooking Channel. And Jeff called me out for being a TV journalist without a cable subscription, which had me thinking. And I'm going to explain to you all what I do to watch TV shows, aside from the screeners that I get. Because another friend of mine was asking me what he should do. Should he keep cable? Should he cut cable? What should he do? Here is the rundown of the OTTs I use. OTT means over the top. Um, it's it's a term used for services like Crackle, like Netflix. They're streaming services that are separate from cable that you pay a subscription fee to, although Crackle's free, um, to watch content. First and foremost, Netflix. It's like a utility at this point. I feel like it's like you're, you know you're going to pay for your internet, you know you're going to pay for your cell phone, and you know you're going to pay for your Netflix. And this year, Netflix is releasing like 700 original TV shows and movies and documentaries. It's like there's always something new on Netflix. Uh, if you don't have it, I don't even – that's like saying you've never seen Star Wars to me. I, I don't know how to compute that. Like, you know, like saying you've never enjoyed a – a nice tall glass of water. I don't. Moving on from there, um, I subscribe to Hulu Plus, which is different from Hulu in the sense that uh, I think it was about a year ago, Hulu launched their Hulu Plus service around the same time YouTube Red launched YouTube TV. And the differences for me um, are the main reason I use Hulu Plus is the functionality and usability of it. As well, I, I'm not a big fan of YouTube's original content. That's what drove me to Hulu. Hulu has – they got the new Castle Rock series that's coming out later this year, the Stephen King show with J.J. Abrams attached. They have um, season two of The Handmaid's Tale, which that show in and of itself drew the most influx of subscribers to Hulu that from – Handmaid's Tale, I feel like they've blown the door open now on doing more intriguing, original, interesting content that isn't necessarily, I don't know, that show Deadbeat that was really awful, or the 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 awesomes, that animated series about superheroes called The Awesomes that was really bad. I think Hulu is now finding their niche. And with uh like recent releases like Hard Sun and the Looming Tower, that is what drove me to invest in Hulu Plus. Plus, when you watch Hulu Plus, you get access to channels you can't access on regular Hulu. And it's like $43 a month. I don't pay for uh, HBO or Showtime through that. Um, you get a DVR. You get on demand. Uh, I get access to like my CNN shows and stuff like that. Uh, CW shows show up on Hulu Plus that don't show up on regular Hulu because CW has their own OTT called CW Seed, which is not that amazing. So moving on from there, obviously HBO Now or HBO Go, I invest in that for my Game of Thrones, for my uh, Westworld, for last week tonight, for a show that just premiered that I'll be talking about in a bit called Barry. Um, and finally, Amazon Instant uh, Prime Instant Video. I subscribe to that as well. I mean, I already pay for a yearly Amazon membership, and this comes with that. And I feel like their original programming on Amazon is still better than YouTube Red. No offense, YouTube Red. It's not my, not my thing. Um, there's shows like, like uh, Transparent, obviously. There's shows like The Tick, which uh, the new The Tick from Ben Edlin, the guy that created the original The Tick, it's been really entertaining, um, and it's it's really easy to watch and completely affordable if you already pay for a yearly Amazon Prime subscription. So for those of you out here who are wondering last week how the hell I watch my TV, plus, just for the record, 
Time Warner slash Spectrum TV called me back in January offering a three-month trial, like free trial, to, to watch their, their Spectrum app, which they said this, – this is what – this is how they sold it to me. They said, do you have Netflix? Well, we got something better than that. And I'm like, no, no, don't, don't open the door to that conversation if you really don't because the Spectrum app – which I was able to use to watch, of all things at the time, the Lifetime movie, A Tale of Two Corys, the unauthorized biography of Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, um, it, the functionality was awful. It would crap out on me in the middle of TV shows, and when I would go back in to watch the show, it would start from the very beginning, even if I was an hour into something. And I straight up told them that when I canceled. They're like, why are you canceling? I said, well, you guys said it was better than Netflix. And you were wrong. <laughs> like, I was just being honest. So I tried with an app that had all sorts of cable channels on it. It was just a waste of time. Also, I think it's uh, fair to say there's too much stuff on TV now, especially with the the new, fairly new trend of the mid-season premiere on TV. I think it was something like 10 years ago, we did not have mid-season premieres. Shows ended in March. Shows ended this time of year. And we would then have syndication until shows came back in, like, July, August, September. Now new shows are premiering this month and next month, and it's kind of insane when you think about it. There's too much content out there. But, I mean, that's why I'm here. Um, moving on to some shows that have uh, recently premiered that I've been really excited about. And then we'll get out of here. Chris and I talked about Santa Clarita Diet couple minutes ago when he was in and oh my god okay so uh when i talk about timothy oliphant i use the word tickle stash because on my other show punch drunk tv my co-host and i have man crushes on timothy oliphant and when he was on deadwood and justified he had a lovely mustache and we would fantasize about what it would feel like brustling up against our skin and we came up with a hashtag Tickle stash. So when I referenced him as Tickle stash to my wife, it brought up all sorts of questions. And just for the record, he does not have the mustache on Santa Clarita diet. So I'm not really calling him that anymore, even though he may be in the new Deadwood movie if that ever happens. But Santa Clarita diet stars him and Drew Barrymore as a realtor couple in Valencia who uh, end up, uh, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it but chris already said it's a zombie show it is a zombie show uh drew barrymore somehow her character becomes undead but the story in canon in which that happens is so absurdly original and silly that it completely works and the show's hilarious every actor on this show does a fantastic job of delivering the comedy and it's a gory show it's bloody as fuck, but it works as a comedy in a way I never thought it could. And season two just premiered on Netflix on Friday, and I've already finished it, which is really upsetting to me. There are cameos in it from Joel McHale to Nathan Fillion. Uh, Thomas Lennon shows up again. Love this show. If you're a fan of of horror, or e even if you, you, you're kind of hesitant about tuning into stuff like The Walking Dead, this show is gory, but it's so humorous that it sort of takes away the jarring reaction of seeing someone beheaded. Um, highly recommend watching this. It's one of my favorite things on Netflix, and I'm a big zombie entertainment movie TV show guy. Um, it's so different. There's another new show on Netflix. It's a docu-series, and it's bonkers. It's six episodes it's called wild wild country and it is about the story of the rajneesh i, I don't want to say cult but i guess it was a cult that moved from india to oregon and ended up getting into a civil war with the people in the small town in oregon now this was a, a cult from a guy who his name was bhagwan rajneesh or osho he was the leader of this religious movement in india who he got this nickname Sex Guru because this was during like the Vietnam War and the the free love hippie times of the 70s 
where he was open to just sexuality and sexual freedom. But the problem was these these uh, like like I, I'm not gonna say Hari Krishna types, but these like uh, they're all in orange. You could only wear orange in this group. They moved their commune from India to this small town in Oregon, bought a hundred acre farm, and like revitalized the land, built their own airport, built their own mall, uh, brought in plumbing, did all this stuff. But the conservative folks in town next to them were freaked out by it, and there was all these news stories that happened in the early 80s, and the Bhagwan had a like a secretary, her name was uh, Ma'anan Sheila, who did, she did some gangster shit. She ended up, they wanted to kick her out, so she came in and bought all the land in their in their town and was like, you can't kick us out now, we own everything around you. And then there was, I just watched an episode where there was a, uh, an election coming up to vote them out. So what they did, what the Rajneeshis did was they ended up going around the country and recruited homeless people and said, we can offer you, you know, a, a place to live, shower, your own clothes, your own food. And all they asked for in return was their vote. That was 6,000 people came in and it became this army. And I am not completely done with the um, with the show. So I don't know how everything is going to turn out. It's from the Duplass brothers. They, that Mark and Jay Duplass, the actors slash producers, they're behind producing it. I'm just going to read to you this headline on Business Insider about this show. It says, this is just the headline. That's all you can take with you to see if you want to watch this. It says, the story behind Netflix's new docuseries about a quote-unquote sex cult that committed the largest bioterror attack in U.S. history. It's fucking insane. Maddie, I swear to God. I don't even know if you watch docu-shows docu or anything like that. This show, it sneaks up on you, and it's every episode just drops a new bombshell on you. It's nuts. I'm completely intrigued. Okay. Yeah. This, you, you, you also see a lot of nudity in it. <laughs> okay. I'm, thanks for the warning. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the final thing I want to talk about is Barry. Bill Hader's new show on HBO that premiered on Sunday night. Bill Hader is one of those. He's, a, you know, obviously he's an SNL alumni. He was on SNL for eight years. He played Stefan and other characters on the show. But he's one of those um, comedians slash actors out there that I'm really intrigued by because he suffers really bad anxiety. And he's gone on and on about how he would get such bad anxiety that it would cause him like migraines. There's... I guess he was on Sirius XM radio last week, and he talked about one instant in particular where he got a migraine so bad it made him go blind that he couldn't perform on SNL that night. It was the night that the show was live, and he had to lie down in the back and, like, not go on. Um, and apparently from all this, he has now started to practice transcendental meditation which is something my wife has been trying to get me to do, and I know people who do it, but it's like that. It's like the gluten-free craze. You look at it and think, oh, this is what the people in Hollywood do. This is a trend, stupid celebrity trend, but it's not. But da the David Lynch Foundation is doing it, and it's sort of sounding like it is. There's this concept of just being centered and focused that makes you mindful of your surroundings and helps you be in the moment that – I believe meditation does for a person to cure their anxiety or not cure, but subside it to make them focus on the task at hand. And Bill Hader is an insane guy in the sense that he puts out such amazing. He was a writer on, on South Park. I don't know if you know this um, from SNL. Now he's doing a show on HBO called Barry, which is a show about a, a depressed hitman who is not happy with his life, who is lonely, and he's really good at killing people, who discovers an acting class. He follows a target that he's supposed to kill into an acting class in Los Angeles and then falls in love with the idea of being an actor. So it's that dichotomy of doing a job you're really good at where you have to be invisible and not known and in the shadows to wanting to be acknowledged and loved and be in the spotlight. And he not only wrote it, he stars in it, he directed the pilot, 
And um, when I was at the Television Critics Association uh, winter tour, he was there talking about it, and it sounds so simplistic. It's such a simple idea, but a lot of times the simple ideas are the best ones. And he plays it real. He doesn't play it for comedy, and that is where the comedy comes from. It's cringy enough. I believe it's airing back-to-back with new episodes of Silicon Valley, which is back, and that's fine. Uh, T.J. Miller is no longer on the show. I don't know. It's fine. But Barry is where it's at. I am so excited for this show. I highly recommend you guys watch it. It's only a half an hour episodes. And uh, Henry Winkler's in it. It also brought me back to my days when I was in acting class and made me a little cringy. Brought some flashbacks there. Um, Definitely think you guys should check it out if you have HBO. Um, One final thing, and I'll talk more about this next week. The four-part docuseries, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, premiered this week on Monday on HBO. And it talks about how Gary Shandling changed comedy and uh, changed television with his show, The Gary Shandling Show. Um, So I will talk about that more next week because it's four episodes, two hours apiece. And uh, I'm almost done with the first episode. It's kind of sad. Because the guy's dead. Um, but also, it goes through and just shows you how his show and how, how the Larry Sanders show and how his stand-up changed things. Anyways, we are now towards the end of the show. I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in to Pruner TV. This has been episode number six. If you enjoy what you hear, please like, subscribe, review the show on iTunes. We are there for you. Um, as a reminder... I mean, I don't know if you really need a reminder if you're listening to this live, but our show airs on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pruner TV. Also, be sure to check out my more inebriated podcast if you're so inclined. It's called Punch Drunk TV. I do it with my co-host, Jack Conway. We are at Punch Drunk underscore TV on Twitter and at Punch Drunk TV on Facebook. Next week... Ash vs. Evil Dead's Dana DeLorenzo is going to make her triumphant return to the show. This is the first guest that I have had that has come back, although Chris is also coming back. But still, I'm excited to talk to Dana. She's got a big arc coming up in Ash vs. Evil Dead. We're going to talk about that. Um, It's going to be interesting. I'm Aaron Pruner. You can find me at Aaron Flux on all the social channels. I love you. Be good to each other. Thank <laughs> you.